Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. We have a meeting coming up tomorrow. The two sides will talk, but we're talking about why you hate your team so much. Let's do it. Hello and welcome. Talking baseball presented by DraftKings. My name's Jimmy. Sitting next to me is Jake. In the middle, we have Trevor in California. And behind the dish is producer BBD. We got some voicemails coming up today. Little uh, tell us why you mad segment, I guess. Pray for BBD. We had to go through 127 voicemails. I hope BBD will get you some help next time. I hope we get 200 next time we do a voicemail app. I love that people want to call in and, and and engage with us and be part of the show. I love it. And we have a meeting tomorrow. So I'm going to throw it to Jake first. Because after you throw it to Trev, he's going to tell us about the meeting. How are you, Jake? Jimmy. Mm. Trevor. BBD. Mitch Powers in the chat and everyone else. Look at that. Individual shout outs. Uh, what's going on, guys? Uh, baseball. Getting hot in the streets, people are asking. Huge meeting tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I asked BBD because I was like, hey, do you like listening to the voicemails? And it wasn't a like. It wasn't a dislike. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys uh, for for calling up. And, uh, you know, just a little Well-Dressed Wednesday update. Uh, Pete Fairbanks just liked my Instagram post, so it's not. Me and him are just guys. Just dudes. So, Pete Fairbanks. Pete Fairbanks says hi to this program. So, yeah, I'm cool now, which is huge. Trev? What's up, guys? Oh! What's up? Look at us sharing this moment of time together. Mm. It's beautiful. I love when we all can get on the screen, talk a little baseball, BBD working hard. He doesn't need any help, James. BBD can handle 500 voicemails. That's what I've been saying. So next time the voicemail up comes out, we're going to get some people to retweet it. We just need more, more voicemails. But I'm doing great. Um, I look good today. I just yeah. noticed. I'm wearing a, a white John Boy crew neck. Uh, you can check our store. I think we're plugging that a little later. Plug Double plug. Later. plug. Double plug you, you up. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, we got, we got something to talk about. We got a little bit of movement, if you will. James, how are you doing? I am doing well. I have had limited movement today, waiting on that later. Three cups of coffee in should happen for me, and I'll be excited when it does. Um, oh, we're also plugging movement that way, Trev, oh. later on as well. I was doing pitch. Oh, we are. So Trev did wieners lately. You did wiener. I did bowel movements, and you did pitch movement. Yeah. A lot of different types of movements. If there's anyone that can talk boners, it's us. Yeah. A lot of people say that. That's actually the number one review we have right now. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm doing well. At one point during all of your guys' talks, I had uh, something I was going to say, and then I waited it out, and I forget. Jake, run back everything you said during your intro so I can try and revamp uh, <laughs> my brain. Jimmy, oh, it was this. It was this. I'm ready. Thank you for so your So I did it. Thank, Thank you. you. BBD, when you listen to the voicemails, do you have the a hard, if it's longer than one minute, you don't listen rule? Because that's what I do. Yeah. Okay, great. When we have that many. like when, In the past, mm-hmm. we've had uh, enough. Of, well, I'll listen to it. I still won't use it, but 
Talking Yanks. I didn't even listen to it for fun. Talking Yanks was our first show to do voicemails, Trev, like way back. And I was the one that would monitor them. And uh, some people would call in and it'd be like four minutes deep. And I'm like, dude, you can't, I can't play this. So we had a hard and fast. If you go over 60 seconds, you're just not. Even getting the chance to be on. So when I, when I, hope I was like that. a buck thirty voicemails in, there was one that was fifty nine seconds. And I said, "Nah, it's kind of too close. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm missing it." Brevity <laughs> is the soul of wit. Brevity. Wow, looks like the chat is hooking BBD up with a he's drink fund. Now he's now at nineteen dollars wow. and ninety nine cents. <laughs> well, he lives in New York now, so that That's doesn't one. get him. That gets him a water. That's one. I'll tell you where. I'll tell you where to go buy some some alcohol in New York. Okay, BBD. Like your stories or bodegas. Yeah. Trav, yeah. this it's meeting called a bodega. <laughs> this mm. this meeting coming up tomorrow. Um, quote unquote, the first time the two sides are talking. Obviously, doesn't pass my sniff I don't, test. Yeah, I um, I like to remove the quote unquotes from that. One. Jake doesn't have quote unquotes. I do. Yeah. Uh, Wait. So you guys are absolutely convinced no, that these guys have been sitting down in a room? No. If you would please not love me into that. Jake's not. Okay, James. And I wouldn't use the words absolutely convinced. Okay. <laughs> Hopeful. What are they going to talk about? MLB is going, according to uh, Payson, Payson, MLB is going to present their economic plan. That's what. That's what he I think. This is what it's gonna, the the meat, the major issues that we have to get over, um, so we can you know get back to playing ball are minimum salary bump. That has to happen. So I'm assuming they they understand that they'll bump it up. Is it going to be enough? We're not sure. Um, I don't think there's going to be any changes to uh, control. I believe six years will still be the benchmark. I, they might have an age limit. 29 and a half seems to be the number that's being thrown around a lot. If you After your age 29 and a half season, you automatically become a free agent, which is cool. I, I don't know where the players necessarily lie on that. I think they'll they'll take that, but they're more looking to get guys paid earlier in their careers. I think that's the biggest thing that the players want because you know we're seeing that get exposed. We talked about this, you know, ad nauseum on here. I love using that term. Mm. Not even sure I use it right, but sounds good, especially with these glasses on. Um, so we'll see what they come with. I, I don't expect this to be like a home run presentation. Where you know the players and everyone's like, oh, that sounds great. I think there's, I think we got some battles coming up here. I mean, I know that it's been a long time, and they, you think they've been talking? I don't. If they have been talking, then maybe we're closer than I think. You know, I just I haven't heard that, but I could be wrong, man. I hope they're keeping it, you know, behind closed doors. They've, I hope they've made some movement because a lot of the times, what we've seen with these two sides is. Non-starter, non-starter, non-starter. Well, how the fuck do you negotiate if everything's a non-starter? So let's hope this happens and they're friendly tomorrow. The that's all. That's all we can times. hope for as fans. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the clip to just let everyone know exactly how this is going to go. It's, um, you know, it's Michael Scott Paper Company mm. when before. They even talk. MLBPA is going to say, I reject that. Give me your second offer. And MLB is going to say, we didn't give you the first. That's what we're going to hear. We're going to hear that's a non-starter. Yeah. PA yeah. Is, 
It, we're gonna we're gonna get an update. Lasted five minutes. PA said it's a non-starter. Ooh, we're on time. That's watch. what I'm saying. I'm I'm hoping that's not the case. So hopefully they have been back alleying it up a little bit. Bobby Manfred and Tony Clark going to get some drinks together. You think mm. that'll ever happen? Never. And if they do, they should meet up with BBD, whose drink fund is now up to Math Pod. A forty no thirty five ninety eight. Yep. Um, no. 30. I think there was another yeah. one before. There's there was another one, another one you missed. Okay. Shout okay. out so Zendino. Shout out Shay Lars. No, I mean everybody. I, I'm expecting these two sides sit down Thursday, shake hands, move on, start the off season again. Dude, um, I saw you tweeting about that stuff. Yeah. Always hating the players. I mean, I just think the owners are going to come with a really fair deal, and the own, the players will sign it. Why is that so ridiculous? Isn't that how business works? The I think, owners uh, come with a great deal. The players sign and say, thank you, owners. People are calling 2022 the year of reason. I've heard that. So if MLB wants to follow suit. <laughs> um, our, you uh, got Shohei Otani, GQ cover yes. man. The game is freaking – he talks about how big the international game is. They're saying they're, – they're talking about MLB, you know, not owning the sport. That's what June Lee is saying. We don't – MLB should own the sport. All the best players should be coming here and wanting to come here, but why would you right now? You can't even – You can't. There's nothing. You can't. You literally That's can't. why we're seeing an Someone, influx of players go to Korea. Right now, instead of instead of deciding, hey, maybe I'll go to spring training and 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 get a shot. No, they're like, fuck that. I can go get paid over in Korea. We're seeing a bunch of guys leave. It's crazy to me. Mm. I still think MLB owns the sport. A little bit. Well, they better. I mean, Jesus. I uh yeah, our our guy Joe's McFly, uh, Jam Gaming, Pinstripe Strong, just kind of the man in general. Great follow. Um. He was in here this morning and he said, you know, Passon lets out that tweet that says both sides are going to meet up. Um, and Joe's had some commentary that I think was similar to ours the other day that, you know, why haven't they been talking? Uh, they had all December. It's January. It's Santa Claus. I'm saying I've been chatting a little. I believe, and we'll have to see when the updates come. Seems but, like it doesn't pass anyone's stiff test. If they're having a Zoom meeting on Thursday and not meeting in person, which I think that's alleged, then why would you need to plan the meeting on Tuesday for Thursday? Because isn't this what the side should be working on? Jim thinks he's got it. No, I just have something to tell you. Okay. There's no way they're using Zoom. They're probably using Blue Jeans or mm. Microsoft Excel Meet. Yeah. You know. Stop uh, it, James. I would bet so much money that they're using some like BAM portal mm. or their own video oh conferencing goodness. and not Zoom or Google Meets. Thousand percent. No, there's another one. And the I, tech's I, not going to work. And Manfred's you know mic's going to be off and it's a mess. God, what is there's another brand that that they do use conference calls for i mean maybe they've switched over to zoom because it's you know obviously pretty easy to use um but they there was a whole other system that i remember them having skype 
Skype was big back in the day for me. I needed Skype. I'm not going to say what I used to do on Skype, but I was in a long distance relationship. Jerk off while you talk to your wife. Happy nine year anniversary. I'm not confirming that statement at all, but it is my anniversary, so thank you. Yeah, Let's pivot right to the voicemails, and that's a great time to pivot because uh, the voicemails are brought to you by Roman. Mm. See Kodak Black, Roman Ready yesterday? Sure did. No, I didn't. What happened there? I need someone to tell me what happened, please. It was either grinding it up, just slow dancing. Or having sex in the I researched it out of curiosity. Um, (laughs) Kodak Black's significant other was wearing a kind of a skin-toned bodysuit, and they were just grinding, but it looked like sex. Grinding? Send you a link. Like at a hockey game? Yeah. Just they're in the suites. You can do whatever you want in the suites. Okay, I'm gonna go look. That's true. I mean, if you think that didn't lead to a bathroom session or something. They had sex after that video. Yeah, so he was Roman ready. And if you want to be Roman ready, if you're at a suite at a Panthers game, and you're like, Mm. now's the perfect time, me and this whoever are hitting it off, then you got to go to getroman.com slash talking. Now, that's T-A-L-K-I-N, just Mm -hmm. to let you know. Because uh, when the moment for intimacy arrives, you need to be Roman ready. Go to GetRoman.com slash talking now to speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction and get $15 off your first month of treatment. Ain't no shame in playing your best game. Mm. Is there a new slogan mm-hmm. that I just made up on the spot? Go to GetRoman.com slash talking today, and if you're prescribed, you get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have the confidence and control this fall. Roman, ready, have sex in a suite. Oh, man. All right, so the theme for the voicemails, if you don't remember, you don't follow us on the socials, is what's something your team has done that you still do not forgive them for? Mm. That still rubs you the wrong way. We're talking grudges and feelings that linger. I want to learn more about fan bases and longtime grudges and moves, you know? Jake, do you have an example for the Yankees? Something that you just like... Mm, A Yankees grudge. I mean, a light one... A light one would be... Like you mentioned Kevin Euclid the other day. That was mine. Okay. That was mine. Uh, that is yours. That's that's where I was going. I mean, I guess in Yankee land, it's a guy who came over. I mean, you could do some of the injury stuff. Carl Pavano's probably a popular one. Like, it just didn't happen. Love Carl. Love Carl. Pride of Southington, Connecticut. So, yeah, that's where I don't I don't yeah. hold any gripes there. I guess for me, like, I, I almost jumped to in the same ilk of Euclid's kind of like Brian McCann. I was I was never fully in on him, and it just as a Yankee, he wasn't Brian McCann, the ball player. And then you fast forward all the Astros stuff. Um, yeah, some something like, the, like that. I think a lot of Yankees would be like, like the Ellsbury signing was so reactionary sure. to Cano leaving, and yeah. you get a guy mm. whose game was based on speed, and or maybe it was letting Cano leave. You know, that, but yeah, just letting Cano leave in general. Roni Perez. Yeah. Ronnie? Ronnie. Ronnie Jerez? Yeah. Ronnie? Ron, I don't know. That's actually the best one. How they handled game two in the uh, 2020 playoffs with the Davy Hap. That's still, when I think about it, I yeah. still go, oh, why did you do that? And we, like we were talking about the prompt, Jake said, like, Yankees did, like, all righty lineups the last 
Yeah, like it could years. be broader than that. There was two years where the Yankees were a righty stacked lineup, and it's just like they're saying that they believe in this, but it's never ever worked that way. And then last deadline, they admitted like, yeah, we need some lefties, huh? And it's like, oh, so let's learn. You've never played a video game, Yankees. Let's learn about the other teams now and their fan bases and what fires them up. Here we go. Hey guys, this is Hudson from way up in New Hampshire. Big Red Sox fan calling in. Um, I wasn't really alive for the Babe Ruth trade or the ball getting past uh, Buckner and the Mets. He wasn't really alive. He's a he's a spiritual guy. It was part of him that lived, yeah. lived back then, but he wasn't really alive. Winning the World yeah, Series against some. So this might be a little bit odd compared to the ones that have happened. But I'm going to go with Francona getting fired. From the Red Sox and then going to the Indians, um, I really thought there was a lot more baseball that could have been won with the team, and seeing the way it went down was kind of sad. And then obviously, Big Poppy's uh, farewell tour ends with him losing to Francona in the ALDS. So that was kind of a little bit of salt in the loon, but whatever, um, life goes on. Thanks, guys. Jake rocks. And he said Jake's, Jake's rocks. Jake's rocks. He's a Rockies yeah, fan. Yeah. He lives in New yeah, Hampshire. He gets very fine. high. Oh, you got man gets very high a lot. Hudson Stoner. <laughs> That's why he was kind of around in the yeah, paper. Yeah, yeah. was, was there a was a couple nights he took a little bit too big of a bite, and he was there. Yeah, a little alive. <laughs> he was in the room. I don't even know that. Like, you know that uh, Poppy's retirement season lost to uh, to Tito. Like that's not something that was in my brain. But as a Red Sox fan. That's there. Um, why did they fire him? Who knows? Who they f- hire? Farrell after that? Was it John Farrell? Mm. Or what? No, wasn't it? Was Valentine right after that? Or did? Or was Valent? Was it Farrell then Valentine? I'm getting there. Tito, we got to get a hot. Maybe when we do our hot managers list, he's not hot. Um, what are you guys shaking personality your head makes, about? Personality makes he's up He's a for hot it. guy. Dude, he's so hot in everything but looks that you're like, <laughs> yeah. that you're like if you're any like better looking, like you wouldn't make sense. <laughs> the fact he looks the way he does almost uh, is a perk. Like, I, like, yeah, I wouldn't knock talk. a single woman or man if they were like, said like, no, I'm really attracted to him. I'd be like, I get it. Man. But in a vacuum, not hot. The managerial stuff, so you you can walk yourself in circles, right? Because I I'm who was next? Did you find it? I'm very much. Well, I'm Jolly Olive says Bobby V was next. It's the you want. What's up, Jolly? Can a voice go grow old in a locker room? Yes. Um, and sometimes it's time to make a change. If you have a manager, especially one that's as well respected as Francona, and so in 2011. Uh, the year that he gets fired, the Red Sox they collapse. They go seven and twenty in September. Uh, they had a nine game lead over the Rays for the wild card spot. So the Re- the Sox declined his twenty twelve option, and I I can only imagine Boston media at the time. It's it's twenty eleven. The Red Sox last World Series before that was then two thousand seven. Two thousand seven, yeah. So if you're the Red Sox now, picture it. You've gone. 08, 09, 10, 11. Four years without a World Series. Boston that had turned into this title factory town. Uh, and then you blow a nine-game lead in the division in September. You go 7-20. and 20. Like, yeah, I mean, you put all that in the pot, and that's when you move on for managers. So, 
Um, it is tough that it, it circles back with uh, Poppy's final game being to Francona's now Guardians, but um, uh, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, and I, I get what my guy, my stoner up in New Hampshire, saying though. Yeah, it's back to back third place losses for him. But like Trev says, managers. Can only Maybe do so yeah, much. I mean, you can, when you look back at it like this, you can almost it almost feels like a, a like a bad luck situation. Like you got rid of a good manager and you had a few years of bad luck. The Red Sox fans, I got to be honest with you guys, <laughs> you don't really have much to complain about. It wasn't really bad luck. The last... They made bad trades. The the Gonzo yeah. trade and the Crawford trade, and they brought in talent that just wasn't a fit, or a, they overpaid for a lot of guys. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, you don't. Boston fans kind of need to just be like happy with how the last two decades have gone, yeah. essentially. All right, next one. You guys ready? And the, our guys got to like Cora now, right? Yeah. Hey guys, what's up? My name's Dylan. I'm a Diamondbacks fan. Jake Snakes. Uh, I guess I would say that the biggest deal we've done recently that doesn't make any sense to me is letting Paul Goldschmidt go. I've basically spent the last couple of years just trying to figure out why that even happened. I think it's something that's just a problem in baseball in general that they're. They're letting guys like that go, and, you know, Freddie Freeman right now, if they let him go, it's going to be a very similar story. I just don't get that. Uh, I haven't looked at the numbers or anything, but – and this message is for Jake. Also, uh, you. you suck. Oh. BBD's awesome, and keep doing your thing. Thanks, guys. Goldie. Whirlwind. Yeah, I mean, I'll feel this one because it's about my team, uh, the Snakes. Um yeah, they, they traded Goldschmidt. I mean, a cornerstone of our franchise's history. Uh, trade him to St. Louis uh, with a year remaining, I believe. So what they got back, Luke Weaver, uh, starting pitcher. He's 28 now uh, at the time. He he was coming mm-hmm. off. He had, a, he had a really strong 2017, and then he kind of fell off. He came over for the Snakes, 12 starts, a 2.94 ERA. Since then, he's been kind of bleh. Um, some injury stuff along the way. They also got Carson Kelly. I mean, what this comes down to, and I bet a lot of these voicemails come down to, is it's so hard to hit on prospects, especially when you have Paul Goldschmidt. You're trading away. It's essentially a Hall of Fame guy. If, if he puts it together for... You know, even the next three years of this Cardinals contract, um, he's got 50 career war. Like, and he put up a six spot last year. So, Paulie's still doing it. And and you're right. It's it's one of those. I don't know what the exact solution is because on the other side of this, if if they traded Goldschmidt for a year and he signed with another team, and the Diamondbacks got a haul, they got two new cornerstones, everyday players. That's kind of what you're looking for. But, yeah, I mean, it's a solution that we don't have the perfect answer for because it would be cool if guys like Paul Goldschmidt played their whole career in Arizona and, you know, over that lifetime if lifetime, if our Snakes had two, you know, really good four-year runs and Goldschmidt was a, a key part of those, that's kind of how you'd want to look back at your baseball team. But, yeah, that – uh. Uh, I don't know. Carson Kelly, Luke Weaver, and young Andrew Young aren't putting out the output of Goldie. No, and they still had guys. That was the weird thing. I was gonna say they got a pretty good they had a pretty good team in two thousand eighteen if you look at the at the lineup there. And they kept bringing people in like relatively quick. Like Bum came over in twenty twenty. Um 
and he would have been there for 2019. So, yeah, that move, like, I think at the time it, we were like, actually, I think at the time there were people like, actually, it's awesome. They're so smart. They're da, da. Like, that was one of the vibes because I was, I didn't understand it. But it's a good one. Take a look at the difference. Of, I mean, look, I, and maybe they just decided let's look around the division and maybe like we can't compete. I don't know. Because 2018, look at this. I mean, some of the names are on that roster in 2018. Goldie, Cattell Marte, Nick Ahmed, um, Jake Lamb, AJ Pollock, uh, Eduardo Escobar went over there. Like, you got a pretty solid squad right there. And then Great you flash forward to 2019. It's not really there, you know? Maybe they had that in their mind, saying, look, we got the Dodgers here. Well, I don't know what the Padres are doing at the time. I think they were just about to spend a zillion dollars and get everyone over there. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a good one. Oh, okay. Missy Golding. <clears throat> Next one is an Angels fan. Here we go. Hey, guys. So this is about the roster move that pissed you off in your team's history. I was quite young when it happened. I'm I'm an Angels fan, sadly. And I remember it was in, I think, the 2011 or 12 offseason. And Torrey Hunter was with the Angels. And Jerry DiPolo offered him a one-year, $5 million contract, saying that the Vernon Wells contract was really weighing the Angels down. Then that same offseason, they go out and sign Josh Hamilton to that contract. That was just a total shit show and didn't work out. And they just kind of left Torrey Hunter out to dry. And at the time, it seemed like it was a smart move. But in hindsight, I would have rather seen Torrey Hunter retire with the Angels than deal with the Josh Hamilton scandals and poor play that came about with that contract. Thank you guys for taking this. And uh, Jake sucks. Yes, he does. You know what I love about that? As Tory gets traded, they don't want to pay him in 2012. All he does is go make an all-star team in 2013, wins a silver slugger at his age 37 season. Mm-hmm. Tory's a guy. I, I don't really remember all that. But I was you know, trying to get my footing in the show, so I wasn't really paying attention to what the Angels were doing necessarily. So maybe this one's for you guys. Uh, I mean... We're talking about a lot of good contracts. You, I mean, or at least good players. I know it didn't work out with Hamilton, but got rid of Tory, got Hamilton. Talking about Vernon Wells, who was sneaky, very good. He got a big, he got a big payday because of it too. But I think this one's more for you guys. Maybe Nate Steele can tell us some things too. Yeah, <clears throat> the the Angels are always interesting, especially back then because <clears throat> they were kind of. I'm not positive on this, but I, I believe they were playing the same game the Marlins played with Stanton, where they signed Pujols and with the biggest pitcher that year in like 2011 because they were shopping themselves to for a TV deal. I believe they got like a 20-year billion, couple billion dollar TV deal because... They were saying, well, look how much we're investing in the team and we have the biggest stars. And then it felt like, even though they already had the TV deal, they just kept that mindset of like, let's just invest in the biggest stars to because because that's going to win because it helped them get the TV deal in 2011. Same way the Marlins locked up Stanton, then used that asset to build a stadium and then used that asset to sell the team. They used the assets to get the TV deal. And then the Angels never stopped doing that. They still Rendon, like it wasn't a need, and they just signed him. 
Yeah, that's tricky because we know we were we know they were the number two team on Cole, and yeah. then they <laughs> they just kind of pivoted that money to Rendon, which. Hey, I, I love me some Tony Rendon. Talk about a guy that hit free agency at the right time. The Josh Hamilton part of this is going to be tough for me because what do you do? I mean, like, legendary prospect has kind of legendary off-the-field problems. And then it started to come together, and it's like one of the one of the stronger spans of baseball that you'll see a guy put together. I mean... His 2010, 359, 411, 633, 1.044, he won the MVP. Um, yeah, I mean, that 2012 season, his final season in Texas, he's a top five MVP guy, and it's, it's like, it's talent. It's a different level of talent. It's the, it's the, it's the, it sounds lame, but I, it's one of my favorite things to do. If there was a level above Major League Baseball and you started doing, like, who would who would be in that level if you did a 10-team league that was, like, MLB premier? Like, Josh Hamilton at the time would have been one of the top draft picks. So uh, it sucks how, how hard it fell off uh, for him. But, man, like, I, I don't know. If I, if I had a mic in front of me, when Josh Hamilton hit free agency, I could see myself at the time being like, you know, he actually he doesn't have a lot of mileage on him because he's missed a lot of baseball. So maybe he's a young 31. Um, kind of went the other way for him. Dude, the 2012 Angels had one of the funner outfields that you're going to see. It was a 20-year-old Mike Trout in center field putting up a 963 OPS. Then you got Torrey flanking him in right. And then you got freaking uh, Vernon Wells in left field. Like, that's fun. They had a really good team. They banged uh, a couple other guys in that lineup. Pujols, Kendrick, uh, Kendris Morales. And then, you know, they had Weaver, Dan Heron, Irvin Santana, and C.J. Wilson. And Grinky. They've had stars. What did they do in 2012? Third in the AL West, they finished eighty nine and seventy three. Go Halos. Hmm. Next, hey uh, Dodger fan here. I'm calling because I'm pissed off about Andrew Jones. We had just got rid of Grady Little. We thought we were moving in the right direction, and Uncle Ned is handing multi year deals, hmm. even to the peanut, the singing peanut guy. He was getting a five year deal. So we signed Andrew Jones. He'd only hit 222 last season. Hey, let's sign him to the fifth highest contract in baseball. He shows up to spring training. He's too fat. No one's going to like you if you're too fat. And he had one of the worst years ever. He bumped Juan Pierre to the bench, guy who never did anything wrong in his life. And it just was just not a good deal. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Dude, that's why I thought this idea that BBD had is awesome. I didn't know. That Dodgers fans had any resentment towards Andrew Jones. Yeah. I mean, and then Yankee fans. Had he had like a bad a, season in yeah. 2008. Yeah, sure. 2008 is the season we're looking at, right? Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure that's what he said. He had like a 505 OPS. Jake's yeah. got him in the Hall of Fame. He must have pissed this guy off last episode. Well, Jim, Hall of Famers are resilient. And <clears> he went on, you know, had an 827 OPS with the White Sox after that, 851 with your Yanks. Um. No, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, sorry, Uncle Ned's handing out contracts. That's just a fun sentence. Um, no, and I, I guess I, I hadn't thought of that angle. And, hey, let's tie it back to the other L.A. team we just talked about. And it's 
as sports fans, we get caught up in what we know and stars. And, yeah, Jim just brought up a picture of Andrew Jones. Maybe it's spring training. He looks a little thick there. Just a little thick. Uh, but think about this. At the time, think of the names we're saying, whether Josh Hamilton signing with the Angels, Tory Big Game Hunter, Andrew Jones. Uh, I'm going to – or how about this? I was going to say something Yankees-wise, but I'll say something – uh, Red Sox wise, like oftentimes in baseball, it moves so so quick that guys like Garrett Whitlock end up being your problem solvers. The name I said for the Yankees would have been Clay Holmes when they brought him in. Like baseball moves so quick, as a GM, you kind of have to be looking at what's next. And I guess you can get yourself in trouble with some of the uh, Josh Hamilton if it if it's about to wear out. Andrew Jones <laughs> on the Dodgers not looking svelte. If you can name the shortstop for the 2008 Dodgers without looking, I'll give you five bucks. Oh, eight Dodgers. I can't. I'll just bow out of that immediately. I happen to be looking at the page. You guys might said take it, it, BBD. No. It's free it's money. It's Hell Baroa. Remember that? Mm-hmm. How many extra base hits? How many extra uh, base hit days do you think Andrew Jones had in <laughs> 2008? He had 54 starts. Extra base hits. I have a, Sorry, multi-hit games. Oh. I mean, 505 OPS, so not not a lot, not a James. Lot. How many starts? Uh, Is it 55? 61. Mm. Mm. Not the the best way to do it. Four multi-hit games. 56 starts. Yeah, like, I'll I'll give him five. I'll give him five. Three. Oh, man. Not a good year. It's not a good feeling, yeah. He's just off. Because you said the next two years he kind of, he went off, right? 45 hitless of the 54. Mmm. I mean, maybe he was going out to Delilah into the nice guy. And he was, you know, seeing all what L.A. has to offer because guess what? It's a lot. Maybe he went through a bad breakup. He's hitting the ice cream. Next three years, 266 games for Andrew with an 816 OPS. Hell yeah. All right. Here we go. Texas. Jesse Germany here, fan of the Texas Rangers, living in southern Indiana, heart of Cardinal country. You know where I'm going with this. 2011, game six. Bottom of the ninth, David Bleepin' Freeze. Mm. You know what's worse than David Bleepin' Freeze? Nelson Bleepin' Cruz. How Mm. he misses that blows my mind. Even a half-competent outfielder makes that catch. You know what else blows my mind? The fact that Natalie Felice just throws it right over the middle. Fastball, whole way. Nothing else on it. There's no – the heartbreak that I feel. Worst part about it, I have friends who are Cardinal fans at that game, and I still hear about it to this day, and I will forever, because that is their shining moment. Um, thanks, Nelson. Thanks, Naftali. Thanks, David. Baseball hasn't been the same. <laughs> During uh, quarantine in 2020, Jake and I rewatched all the World Series. I remember rewatching that, and it's brutal. Because it's brutal. I don't know the I don't remember the full details. Jake and I actually watched that game live at uh, a bar in New Britain at our college town called Roma's, and I remember mm. like losing my mind when that play happened. But 
They could have defended. That would have that ended it, right? That would have ended the World Series. Yeah, yeah, it would have been the final. They could have subbed him out. I think they could have used a defensive replacement. I think this is one Golly. of our... When we did those watching baseball World Series games turn, during the clamdemic, looking looking at it right now, hey, this is one of our most watched one because I think in... Recent history, oh, this is also during my neck injury time, so people, <laughs> a person went in and time-stamped all my neck stretches, um, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, man, that's that's got to sting because that's always the, the sports game we play is, uh, you know, if a big play happens in the third quarter and we're like, well, there's still a fourth quarter, you know, they could have controlled what they did. Or in that ninth inning, you know, they had the meat of the lineup up, they Catches that ball is done, <laughs> so that's uh that's haunting. That's as haunting as it gets for a fan. And then the fact you tie it to gr- together with Nelson Cruz, it's one of those sick. Do you, would you rather have it be Nelson Cruz, like one of the best power hitters all time, to ever do it, or would you rather have it be a guy that was kind of a, a lesser name in baseball history? Because I don't know, Nelson Cruz is. <laughs> For every team that's not the Texas Rangers, he's kind of like the king of cool. Like he bought everyone those robes, and he's a very sexual man. So I, I don't know, but yeah, if you're a Rangers fan, as haunting as it gets. Yeah, and people forget that game. The next inning, Hamilton hits a two-run homer to give him the lead in the tenth, <laughs> and then, and then Darren Oliver <laughs> gives up two hits to the first two batters. Oh, Darren Oliver! Carlos bunts him over. <laughs> then uh then they get a a uh fielder's choice run scores. They intentionally walk Pujols. Berkman's got two strikes on him. Uh, one more strike and they win the World Series. And Lance puts one in, in the outfielder line drive uh to tie it and then they go another to the 11th and 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 David Freeze hits him again. Like it Wild. just uh, it's just I remember watching it. I forget what we said when we watched it, but it's on YouTube if you want to watch it. But Jay and I were like, oh, my God, this is like torture. You know how many views that one is? How many? Uh, 200K. Oh, wow. This was by far the most call about, like, single thing. Mm. Um, like, Rangers weren't, I don't think, were the most called a team, but every Rangers fan that called it was about this. And it, I, It's tough. Was by far I'm actually on the Rangers side, believe it or not, on this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because St. Louis, that's where Matt Dre was shot and killed, and I'm kind of still pissed at them for that. Mm. But Berkman and Pujols, like you said, they walked Pujols to get to Berkman. Like having like a veteran like that up at that time is so invaluable. You know, that's a big fucking moment, bro. Someone find one me an essay on uh, – Someone find me an essay on, on – uh, and the connection between St. Louis and, and how they got, like, the Bay Area rub off. Because that's always blown my mind, that Bay Area hyphy movement was mm. Bay Area and then randomly St. Louis. Like, I know there's rap there, but it was like, how did that happen? What was the connection? I was listening to Mac Dre today when I was working out, so. Mac Dre, when, uh, yeah. when I moved to California... It was like when I visited Jamaica and they had Bob Marley shirts and Bob Marley everywhere. That was Mac Dre in like 2005 through 2008 in the Bay Area. His face was everywhere. People wore his t-shirts. They bumped his songs everywhere. 
Crazy. I have two statements. Nice to your thiz face. First, you do like this. Put a lock on your face like it smells weird. Uh, uh, Trev, Darren Oliver. Everywhere we go, it's a party, y'all. I would have loved to see you take him up top. Yeah. Um, I mean, soft throwing lefty. I do want to give Darren Oliver some love. Uh, went to the bullpen Uh-oh. late in his career. It was actually kind of gross. Um, I'm bringing up the starting pitcher and relief pitcher splits. Let's see if I can find them. As a starter, hold on, hold on, hold as on. a I'm starter, as a starter, Darren Oliver, five one three ERA, like meat. Went to the pen end of his career, three one nine guy. Good for you, Darren. Keep twirling the pill, babe. He had a long career. Yeah, I know that. Um, sorry, St. Louis and all of your fans out there. Apparently, Matt Dre got shot in Kansas City. Wow. Which is still Missouri. Yeah, you got the... That's fine. You got the city wrong. You got the state right. Still Missouri. You got the state right. Same shit. Whatever. I'm sorry, Cardinals fans. I actually, you know... David Freeze's celebration, like the top... The helmet between the legs... Like all time, like that's just spur of the moment thinking right there. I don't know if it was actually the moment that made it that cool, but it just seems so cool. Like what a great walk off celebration. It's hard to know what you're going to do. Jake, I don't know what you did when you're walk, when you hit your walk off homers. Pissed himself. But you, you just don't know what you're going to do. Ran around the bases, just leaking. I'm a high near. I'm a high near. Jake sprints away from the, I'm a, uh, all the way in. Uh, it's just, it's pure. It's excitement. We got to keep going. It's raw. Twins. <laughs> raw. Hey, John Boy, Jake, BBD, and Trev. This is Ellen, a Twins fan. And I know a lot of baseball fans believe in their team around the trade deadline, but I am still mad when I think about the 2018 Twins, who were second in the division, and we traded off Dozier, Escobar, and Presley, mm. who are great players but also fan favorites. I know we probably would have lost to the Yankees that year in playoffs anyway, but this still makes me mad, and I think we could have done it that year. So, Anyway, thanks for all the baseball talk, especially you, Trev, who keeps the twin spirit alive uh, on a Yankees-based podcast. So thanks so much, guys. Have a good day. I mean, she's the biggest Yankees fan of the bunch. She just basically gave the Yankees an imaginary victory. Yeah. She can't beat the Yankees in her own head. 2018. They win the wild card the year before to get into the playoffs. The year after I leave. Thanks a lot, guys. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's that is tough because those not only were those guys good players for the twins, I mean that was like those are fan favorites. So I, I understand why she's mad. Like Dozier and Escobar very, very much loved uh by twins fans. So I get it. It's been tough. It's been tough to be a twins fan. It really has. Uh, hopefully, you know, Buxton plays a full year next year. Uh, they make some more moves after this lockout is ended. Because, look, the Central Division, we know, is still kind of up for grabs. I did mention one team in that division before the show. But they're not far off still, I don't think. Now, beating the Yankees in the playoffs, got to get over that hump. I don't know I don't know what, what will happen or what, what it's going to take. I've been on record as saying – Nobody gives a shit in that clubhouse because it's a different year and it, I, it's 100% true. But maybe there's some outside force, man. I don't know. Joe Mauer's know final season, they trade away those guys. There's a little twist. 
Dude, um, when he caught at the last the last game, they put him in. Like that was pretty sweet. That was. You're pretty sweet, man. Let's keep it going. Love Joe. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm Mark calling from New York City. Fun Hi. fact: I once saw Jake walking his dog in Central Park. But uh, in New York, we don't bother celebrities, so just let him do his thing. Jake's dog. Dog seems super fluffy, though. Anyway, uh, I'm a huge Washington Nationals fan, and uh, I should be calling about not renewing Dusty Baker's contract. I should be calling about uh, giving Harper all that deferred money when he was free agent. I should be calling about Lucas Giolito trading him away as a prospect to the White Sox. Uh, but all of that rational stuff pales in comparison to the hatred I have for the Jonathan Papelbon trade. Mm. Oh my God! Uh, I can't even. I can't even. I can't even. The dude's an <laughs> asshole. He choked out Harper, and I know it doesn't really matter. I know it doesn't really matter, but I just hate that dude. I just hate that dude. I just hate that dude. All right, that guy. This is a highlight of my week. Uh, Jake sucks. Dude, yeah, that's a great call, and it's another one where I'm glad we're doing this because I like learning more about fan bases and the nuances of what comes with it, and. uh I mean, as a Yankees fan, I respect and love Papelbon because he gave me a Red Sox player to fucking hate. I was going to say. I, he was my number one least favorite. I don't know him personally, Trev. I don't know if you do. So it's really just between the lines, bravado, personality, and he was good as a Red Sox player. But I, I like, Poppy was likable. Even Pedro, sneaky part of him was like, Pedro's funny. I like him. Papabon was like, you know what? I don't like him. I hate that guy. So I'm with uh, our caller, Mark, here, who I think spells it with a K. Papelbon, man. So he's mad that the Washington Nationals traded for Papelbon. They yes. gave it Pavetta, full pension Piv, shout mm. out, who's turned into a pretty damn good pitcher, like still with tons of potential. I will say, James, I don't think your uh, hatred is unfounded. I've... I don't know him personally. I've heard I've heard some stories. I actually have a really hilarious story about him that I probably can't share on air. Um, but I know that if anything, he was one of those guys. If he played against him, you hated him, and maybe if he was on your team, you liked him. I don't know. I mean, Bryce Harper and him, they were on the same team. <laughs> was that like fact? I'm trying to think. If we go back in time, we put our our 2015 brains on, or whenever that mm. happened. Was what was the media perception there, or what was the perception? Like Harper was out of line. Dude, I bet it was. was I bet it was. was it? I bet it was split. Because Harper was a, a rookie at, that year, right, or at least second year or something like that. Um, hmm. Harper's rookie season was what? It had to be around 12, thirteen, maybe thirteen. Yeah, and, and yeah. So he was a couple years, a couple years in, but still young. Probably still like twenty or what, twenty one. Um. 2012 was his first year. I mean, so. 2015 uh, was the year he won the MVP, so I'm going to lean everyone was on Bryce's side. And what part of the year was that? We got to get to the bottom of this. I mean, it was after the trade deadline, right? They traded for Frapplebon. Or was it the next year? And he wasn't... He wasn't... Well, he it was September 27th, 2015. So yeah, I mean that's So the perception like from Ed his last game that season, Papawan's last game. Ed Strudas, the perception was that Harper might be sort of lazy. Dude, I do remember people because Harper was just young and Papawan was established and you had that like, oh, finally someone called that punk off like vibe to it, which sucks. 
because he choked his teammate. Yeah, and Harper's like one of the hardest players, yeah. <laughs> like hardest playing players in the big leagues. Like the motherfucker is like, like known for it. I got to see him work. Like, relax, John. I know. I got to be honest, John. You know, it's pretty damn good though. Yeah, I mean, he had, strike you out, I, he had just given up the the go ahead home run to uh, Andres Blanco, and then the next mm. ball, I think Harper kind of like jogged after and and uh, or no, maybe not in that. I forget what happened. But uh, BBD, what are my numbers, bro? I know you got him up. Uh, you faced him one time. It was 2011. Uh, you took uh, a one zero, took a one zero pitch, uh, fly ball to center. Okay, deep I, center. I wasn't deep. Very, I was Wind pretty, was blowing was, in. Yeah. Warning track. I'm not gonna pat myself on the back. I was pretty bad in 2011. Let's it was move in on. Minnesota, so it would have been off the back part of the monster. Yeah. Pa- on to the Braves. Papelbon was such big hate that it was like if the Yankees came back against Papelbon, that like the drunk Yankee uncle we make fun of. No, me. I'm I, past he, you because we're, we're talking that. about that too. That was like, honey, we're having, we're making love tonight. Like the Yankees mm. clip Papelbon, like put on that dress I like, let's go. Like Papelbon was hated, hated. Yeah. Which I don't have right now. And I don't know if I will now that we like know players and shit, but and I'm not a t- teenager. A little older. A little older, but yeah. It's 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 hard for me to hate people now. I think that fades a little. As you I grow. think Red Sox relievers will always find a, a little niche. Like when Brazier was first doing it. Ah, oh, dude. I mean, crooked-headed <laughs> Brazier. Like, what are you doing with your head crooked all the time? That's not a hate. It's just like, what are you doing? Those are the guys that it's... You could see it happen. Wait, doesn't Whitlock do that too? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he does. He's like, <sighs> oh, the Whitlock anger kind of went at the Yankees front office for letting yeah. him go. Yeah. So here we go, yeah. Braves. Hey guys, this is Bradley. I'm a big Atlanta Braves fan. I guess the trade that I hate the most is the Mark Teixeira trade, where the Braves traded Elvis Andrews, Matt Harrison, Bo Jones, Nestalis Belize, and Gerald Salsamakia to the Texas Rangers for Mark Teixeira. And they only had him for like a, almost a year because they traded him the, the year after during the trade deadline to the Angels. I absolutely hated that trade when it happened, and I still hate it to this day. Go Braves and Jake sucks. He kind of raked for the Braves, though, so. There's a new like yeah. MLB website that does like trade tree, MLB trade tree. I want to find the Teixeira one um, because the Braves, did they, or the the Braves traded for him, right? And Braves traded, traded him for him. Right? I mean, and then traded all, him all the guys that they got were pretty good players for the Rangers as well. Salt of the Machia, Harrison, Feliz, and Andrews. Like those guys all like had good years at least, but most good careers. Casey Kochman on the way back. Wow. Believed in him. Ron Mayhay. I played with old Ron Mayhay for a, yeah. a spring training or a season. Yeah. Slapped it around with old Ron. Chris Davis. Oh, eventually. Oh, Elvis Andrews. So that's recent. Let's see. Matt Harrison tied to Deekman and Hamels, huh? Yeah, Holy he was sense. a lefty pitcher, right? If uh, I'm not mistaken. Cole Hamels, yeah, yep. for sure. Probably rake that guy. 
Trev, the part you mentioned briefly that's interesting there is that Dex was really good with Atlanta. <laughs> he was really good. He was really good. He had a, uh, I mean, basically he ended up playing like a full season, 157 games. Uh, and with Atlanta, he had 943 OPS. Like, he was gross. So I don't know. I guess you. I player. guess this call isn't necessarily mad at Tex, although they were a little bit. No, they were mad at the. It's the value. The Texas Rangers. I have a question. This I Two do Texas. not know, and I'm not accusing. I'm just saying is Tashera tied to steroids? No, no, I don't I think so. I don't so. think so. Good. I think his dad would have. Uh, I'm like a, I'm karate a, chopped I, him in the throat. In my head, I'm a big Mark Tashera fan. I don't know how Yankees. Is it because he doesn't wear? I know he's like kind of bland. He, he wears jock straps still to this day underneath his suit pants. Is that why you liked him so much? I liked him because I feel like he was a really good first baseman too. Like he raked, but he was also like really good defensively at first base. I I like that. Yeah. No, he was good. So I guess Trev, I think there was a time when there was a Teixeira PD rumor mill, but he came out with a powerful. I can look everybody in the eye and say I never did anything, and I probably have a few teammates that I played with that I was really close with that they never did anything either. I guess the second part of that. (laughs) Yeah, I understand that. Is he he saying like some people got? I thought he was about to throw people under the bus, but I guess he's bringing people on the good bus with him. I think he's. I think his point was like you can't just say everybody does it. Yes. Like, I know for a fact I haven't, and I know others haven't either. So his stop name, just saying. His name circled when some of the Cano stuff started to come out. Oh, okay. So he was uh, saying there's other people yeah. in this clubhouse I haven't either. On the on the Braves end of it, they tr- they trade all those guys who work out pretty well for the Rangers, and that year they finish third place, and the next year they're a 90-loss team. They dump him <sighs> halfway through. So, James, I have one quick tidbit good. that you're going to love about Mark Teixeira. Yes. Also. First number ever in the big leagues, 23. You said, that's not good enough. Give me 24. That's not good enough. 25. He went 23, 24, 25. I like it. Kept going up. That's respect. He, I think he grew up liking respect. Don Mattingly. Yeah. And it was like a He's respecting himself. Thing. Then 23 was taken by somebody when he got to Atlanta. So he went to 24. And they were both taken in with the Angels. He was also like happy that Glaber would uh, – Continue to wear 25 because there's no names on Yankees jerseys. So he's like, so, you know, turn those text jerseys into Glaber jerseys, jerseys and those Glaber jerseys, jerseys might be text jerseys. Who knows? Jambi. Also, people with X's in their name are usually pretty good at baseball. I'm just uh, saying. Uh, Xavier Nady. He was good. He was good. He was professional. Probably pretty, yeah. Got paid a ton of money. Yeah. yeah. Our good friend Xavier. Xavier. That's tough for me to say. Xavier Scruggs doing good things on social media. Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts. We can keep going. Jake, do you have some news? I do. Personal? Breaking news. Guys, we have new merch at the store. Uh, The Mm. John Boy Media Store. Added it to the John Boy Essentials. And this is actually kind of a line for John Boy. We kind of did... Maybe I can get these in the camera a little it's the bit. The old college, like the Animal House sweaters. Yeah, like the Animal House look to it. It's it's straightforward. There's a Jake Sucks shirt in there. Pretty good graphics No one can by see me. that at all. Pretty no, good graphics Really by good me. work by you. I'll double it's it up. Pretty, Jim's going to do get the graphics on the other I'll camera. There it is. No, that's, that's a great. <laughs> uh, there's some talking baseball, like John Boy Media established 27 Beans shirt. Dude, I just bought that one. It's a good one. 
It's a good um, shirt. Yeah, they're just kind of that basic crew neck vibe that, that Trev has on. So, code TALKING gets you a little bonus, 10% off there. Go get some swag from the store. It's all good stuff. Load up. All those tie-dye hoodies sold dude, out. I got, a, I got a blanket, too. Jim got a blanket, too. I got a talking nice. baseball blanket. Dude, it's hard for me to Oops. choose a blanket because we have I, I, yeah, I, I appear on so many different properties. Like, which one do I... That's why I usually just get John Boy Media stuff, but uh, <clears throat> I went talking baseball blanket. We'll see what happens. When you get bored today, buy a shirt. The next yeah. one is the Dodgers, but we we already did a Dodgers, and we're running uh, long, so I'm going to skip it unless BBD says that it's absolutely necessary. Uh, this one can be a skip. All right, so um, Brew Crew, come on hey, down. Hey, so I uh, heard you guys doing a Moments That Pissed You Off uh, compilation, and I can't help but think of uh, 2019 and a wild card game. Uh, Brewers fan here. Um, you guys all know mm. the moment. Uh, you know, Trent Grisham's out there. Ball goes through his legs. We were up mm. 3-1 all game. My roommate was a Nationals fan, so we're sitting watching the game together. I've been smug the whole game. Uh, Trent Grisham <laughs> error, ball is under his legs. We end up losing 4-3. Uh, heartbreaking time. Uh, makes me mad every time I think about it. Um, and to rub the wound in a little bit, you know, uh, Trent Grisham gets traded and goes and wins a gold glove, puts his OPS plus up another 30 points. Uh, and Christian Yelich hasn't been the same since 2019. Um, so, love the Brewers. Best time to be a Brewers fan in their history. But, uh, yeah, it was a rough, rough time. I th- they went on to win the World Series, Nat, so maybe that helps or hurts. I don't know. Um, that doesn't help. Hurts. <laughs> I don't think, yeah. That, by the way, it didn't go through his legs. It went to his side. It took a nasty little hop. If you remember, it was... No, I did that snake. Juan Soto line drive, little snake thing. Yeah, he was... It went to his glove side, so his right hand to the even more right. He just he was charging too hard because mm. he got to play the snake. You know that some of these outfields they snake, dude. They they you just got to know that. And kudos though, I know like this is a Brewer sad call, so we're like sad for the Brewers. I'm sad for the Brewers because they should be better than they are. Although they're really good, I don't know what I'm saying. Anyways, Trent Grisham though. Like to go on and get over that and then become like the player that he's become, it's pretty badass, dude. Because that would ruin a lot of people. That was a big moment, dude. Yeah. <sighs> I was smug all game. That's funny. Big Eric Thames being as roped up as possible, just hitting moon doggies. Yes, Monty Grandal just being criminally underrated like he has been through his whole career. How's your how's your eight forty eight OPS? 380 on base from the catcher position. Uh, Brewers are kind of a low-key machine, though. So, like you said, happy with that. You want Trent Grisham, your outfielder, to field that that ball clean. Who would they get for Trent Grisham? They got Udrius, the infielder. Um, And was that the trade? Let me see what else I'm missing. Tyler Austin, my guy, has been a couple of these teams we mentioned. Those Brewers, the 18 Twins. Uh, it was. I'm looking at Eric Lauer. Eric Lauer, Lauer power. So Zach Davies and Grisham for Lauer and Urias. Urias pretty good, so can't be too. We'll see how that gets decided over time. Grisham's good. Urias is good. Win win. I don't know. Watch that! Watch that game at a bar called Badgers in Denver. 
lot of Wisconsin Milwaukee fans very excited for the first eight innings. Mm-hmm. Not so much the end. Next. Hey, what's up, guys? My name's Zach. Uh, I'm a Reds fan. And one thing I will just never forgive the Reds for is when they fired Dusty Baker and brought in Brian Price, who was, like, statistically the worst manager in Reds history. I just still cannot believe that happened. But thanks, guys. Keep it up. Jake sucks. Uh, That's a second Dusty. I think the Nats caller also said that too, right? I made a late cut on a third Dusty call, too. Uh, I want to pivot this just to have a quick conversation, quick, quick conversation that Jake, myself, and someone else in the company were having yesterday or two days ago or last week. I don't know. That Do you think the tide needs to turn in professional sports? And I'm really interested to ask you this, Trev, because you're of the opinion that a manager can only do so much. That we're too run and gun with managers now. Like, we were, we were discussing football when we had this conversation. But, you know, maybe, like, you need to give managers more than two years uh, and and GMs need to stop using the manager's as a scapegoat of, like, you just need to change it up somehow and maybe it's the personnel or, like, the coaches or other thing. Because I feel like we talk a lot on, on this show about how there's not those um, uh, those institutional managers anymore. We don't have that many. Like, maybe, like, just let a dude run out a six-year stretch and get like with the personnel because if we all agree they're not doing much in the performance of the game, like let's just stop the carnival ride. I think it's I think it's more true in the NFL, but your thoughts, Trevor? Yeah, I think I think the media has created the narrative of like things get stale in the clubhouse and and all this. I I, I firmly believe that a lot of the times is on the leaders in the clubhouse. And that's, but that's part of the manager's job as well is to establish leaders, like a leadership in within the clubhouse and, and tell them, Hey, like these are the things I I want you to do, things that I want you to take care of. So I I referenced garden hire because this is my experience with him at the end of his tenure. I mean, he was there for so long. I mean, how long was he there for 10 years, 12 years, something like that, I think. At the end of his tenure, you could tell that he didn't have the same energy. So we always talk. They create the vibe most most of the time. The players can create a vibe as well. Uh, but managers, you know, they they put off a vibe. And I think at the end of Guardi's tenure, he was just kind of – I'm not going to say he was tired, but I think like his – the fire maybe wasn't, wasn't all there. So in that respect, I, I do believe it was probably time to move on uh, for, for both parties. But yeah, I agree with you, James. I think sometimes it's just um, they're scapegoats. They're the front office is scapegoats. If something doesn't go right, it's not our fault. Manager, the manager didn't do what we told them, but even though he did, and I don't know, the vibe is all they really are putting out there now. And and and, and I will say this: that's a big part of winning teams. Like you have to have a good clubhouse vibe, and you know sometimes a manager needs to jump someone's ass. Get up in there. And I think that's, you have to know how to handle people as a manager. And if you have a guy that can do it and your team has a poor year, like you, you shouldn't always just point to the manager and say that it, it's his fault. Cause that's rarely, uh, in my opinion, the case. And so, Hey, I'm a little lost in this 2013 Cincinnati Reds team. I mean, fun roster, 
lot of good baseball names. Nasty rotation. Matt Latos. Trev's Homer Bailey. Yeah, I, I guess for me, I would hope the revolution is it, you just have to have it for the proven guys. I know the in New York sports, Joe Judge, like, I'm sorry, Joe Judge. Like, do I think you were served things on a silver platter with your quarterback situation? No. But you also don't get the benefit of the doubt. Like, a guy like Dusty Baker, and if you're the Reds replaying this, he's still going to be Dusty Baker. Uh, I think, like Trev said, you have to have the pulse of, uh, you know, if if Dusty was with Cincinnati and didn't have the juice anymore, then you kind of you have to have that conversation with Dusty, and if it's not there, it's not there. Um, my guess would be that Dusty still had the juice because he still has it today. So yeah, I I think there would be a better system of if you've earned your street cred as a manager, and it's. You can look around a baseball team pretty quick. Like, I know Aaron Boone's gotten a lot of crap in New York City, and it's because the Yankees have a lot of talent on that roster. There's not a lot of managers that would make the Yankees a 78-win team. That's near impossible. Aaron Boone, if you put him on uh, the Orioles last year, guess what? Like, there's no Aaron Boone effect for the Orioles because it does come down. Look at Joe Girardi in Philadelphia. (laughs) We always talk about this. It comes down to the talent. Now, the only thing there, Trev, would be Joe Girardi. You know, they did win win it all with the Yankees, and uh, he's got a little bit of that get-in-your-ass clip it um, that Boone doesn't have. And now with Boone and the Yankees not getting to the level of a success they've wanted to, that's where people can question it, and you kind of can't question it back. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know the solution. I guess if you're just Terry Francona, if you're Dusty Baker – like, if, if you've been through enough battles and you're not the problem, it is just finding if, if it has truly gone stale or if their energy has run out. Because people just naturally need kind of a, at a certain point, you need a change or a new look. Um, and it, gets, it just gets really tricking with lo- tricky with losing and why you're losing. That being said, like, looking back at this Reds team and what, what Dusty was a part of, yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> In hindsight, it seems like you shouldn't have shouldn't have moved on from Dusty Baker. Can I give you some bullet points on what managers should should do? Oh, just real yeah. quick, if you're How an aspiring manager, there? three. There's three. Okay. Always have your players' backs, no matter what. Boom. Number two, if you're gonna fire the team up and throw someone under the bus, throw the whole fucking team under the bus. Say we. We sucked. We need to do this better. Never call out a player in the media individually. Three, if you need to call out a player, do it behind closed doors. You can get in the guy's ass, but do it the right way. I have, a question. I have a question. Yes. What if there's a universally hated guy in the clubhouse? Can the coach call that guy out to rally the other 25 guys? Like, <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank God. Someone finally told him. This guy stinks. Like, uh, you know, again, you, behind when, closed doors. Because the whole team okay. will know you did it. The whole team will know you did it behind closed doors. Okay. Yeah, right. so I, I think those are the things. I mean, you want to be a successful manager and have like guys like say, we fucking love this guy. That's all you have to do. It's pretty fucking simple, dude. Okay. All right. A couple more. Hey, guys. This is Johnny from Oakland, California. Obviously rooting for the A's and Trevor Plouffe while he was in the green and gold. Mm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of moments in A's history 
that uh, have pissed me off. But I guess I'll go with a more recent one when uh, we traded Cespedes for Lester in 2014. Basically traded away the soul of the team, which destroyed our chances, I think. I know his numbers were declining, but, you know, those there's those intangibles in the game. But, uh, yeah. Oh, and um, John Fisher and Jake Sucks. See you later, guys. Ooh, Cespedes went on a tour of MLB for a little bit. And uh, I remember a lot of Red Sox fans were saying, you know, Lester's going to go there and sign right back. And then he didn't. That was the the thought process. And then Cespedes, they got rid of him. So that was a weird trade. The fun playoffs, the A's and the Tigers, was that when Lester was there? And Lester just officially retired, so kudos to him. Yeah, congrats to Johnny. Yeah, great career, He's got some weird shit in his basement. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a memory lane for any any recent baseball fan because it kind of I think it's one of those times it, it went against the grain where you're like you know can't can't have enough arms come October you know adding adding big game John Lester to the A's like it, in our eyes at the time it was kind of like Oakland not being Oakland and like going for it and it was kind of cool and then they lost so much juice when they lost yo-yo uh, in the middle of that lineup just being an absolute beast. That uh, yeah, me me and Jom, I remember talking about on early episodes of Talking Yanks. I think we try to bring it to talking baseball, but I think we're worried about offending people sometimes. There's something that can't be quantified in stats of being a threat, and Cespedes, even if it's not his best year, he was the threat of all threats. Like if you left a ball in the wrong spot, spot it was gone. Like I'm, I'm looking at Cespedes's stats, and they weren't much different than Josh Reddick's stats that year. So if you were looking at just stats, you'd say, oh, yeah, Cespedes and Josh Reddick, kind of same ball player that year. They the feeling was not, um, and that Oakland lineup felt it, and it felt it every day, and that's why we always say you got to give position players MVP awards because they're out there. Every day in that Oakland team, man, they had so much juice and it was gone. But so, I don't know why anyone would be surprised uh, of that trade. I mean, he was making ten and a half uh, that year, which is expensive for the A's. His on base percentage was like right around three hundred. It's not he he that he wasn't an Oakland A type player. I get like the threat thing, and Lester came over and dealt. So yeah. it didn't deal in the, that wild card game. I had, I had, uh, yeah. I was thinking of the, they had back to back years where those two teams played. Uh, there was another one where they played five game set. And then uh, the Red Sox did pretty good because they got Cespedes for the last two months of Lester. And then they turned Cespedes into pretty Ricky, mm. who won a Cy Young. I cannot. I'm no offense to Rick Porcello, man. I faced you a lot. You are a very good pitcher. I That's... cannot believe you won a Cy Young. Offense to Rick well, Verlander should have won it, and then they gave Verlander. What were his numbers? I got. And then they gave Verlander the year that Cole should have won it. So, the Cy Young voters are on a big "Oops, we messed up" uh, spree for a little bit. Ricky Porcello has made some money, I bet. I I believe Verlander got more first place votes. Oh my fucking god! What? Uh, I should have been a pitcher. Um, Oakland A's. Rick Purcell has made $128 million in his career. He should have been a pitcher. 
Uh, but you hate pitchers. Oakland A's in the first half of the 2014 season, 59 and 36, winning games at a 621 clip. In the second half, 29 and 38, 433 win percentage. Man. How do you win a Cy Young with a 315? <laughs> Well, just Verlander should have won, won it, dude. He won 22 games, I understand. They, no, it was be- Verlander got 14 first-place votes, and, and Rick only got eight. But the way they calculate the second and third, but people just weren't voting yeah. for, for Verlander like second. It is, it's really stupid. Like, Verlander should have won that Cy Young. Um, and then he got it when Cole should have won it, in my opinion, in in uh, 18. so Or 19. 19. So, it's so silly. Anyway, we got one more. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Gabe in San Diego. Probably like one of the biggest moments was for me watching my Padres when um, Wing got the big hit that got by Sandberg in '84th and go to the play it to the World Series. So that was a big deal. And another thing that really pissed me off was when we finally got a brand new stadium at Petco, and Matt, we had new management, and I think it was the Moors was the owner at the time. He said, "We're gonna get, we're gonna spend money and this or that." And our first pick was Matt Bush. Shortstop out of Mission yeah, Bay High School. Oh, I know Matt. When the next pick was Justin Verlander. And I was even looking back at the list. We missed out on the mighty Trevor Plouffe. He went at number 20. So, you know, like, ah, okay. Enjoy listening to your show. How, take care, guys. Bye. That's a tough one for Padres fans. You guys know all the stuff about Matt Bush? Some of it. Pre-draft sign. They, they just pre-draft said, we're going to take you number one if you sign for, you know, three million bucks. I think it was. Um, he was he was a first round type talent. I played in a bunch of showcases with him. I mean, I was I was better than him, one hundred percent. He's a small guy. You know, he's turned himself into a pitcher and throw the shit out of the ball. Um, but like you know, they they signed him. They brought him to Petco, and like he had some family members like stealing shit. It was like a, f- a fiasco from the get go. He got in a fight at a bar his first year in like instructional league or something like it was just not good. And he's had some troubles and he's worked through them. So I, I applaud Matt in that um, regard. Like he, he's worked through some demons, if you will. Um, but yeah, that's a tough one for Padres fans. Yeah. I know that uh, he returned in 2021 after like the prison stuff. I'm halfway there. So I'm going to say it. Um, he like beat up a lacrosse player, and and he, he and I don't I feel bad talking about it because he's done his time and like is on the other side of this, but is like beating him up with a golf club, screaming, "I'm Matt Bush." See, which, I didn't even know that. Which is I like, know he had he had alcohol addiction problems. Like I know out that. of a movie. That's a comedy. Trouble with the sauce. Yeah. It's funny looking back at that draft class. I know we've done it an odd amount because of our guy, Trev. God. I mean, it's insane. It's insane. And, yeah, I mean, comparing him to Justin Verlander now is obviously, like, so unfair. <laughs> um, Jared Weaver was there. He had, obviously, an amazing career. There's a lot of good players in that draft. Dis- Actually, I mean, maybe there wasn't. Disco Neil Walker, the, the famous Neil Walker-Trevor Plouffe story. Philip Humber, Jeff Neiman, those speak to some some real baseball fans. This this is another one of those things, bro. Go look at prospect lists. Go look at drafts. Like it's not like stop hugging prospects. Stop it. And by the way, I know we can't do this, but we had that whole conversation about how 
the draft picks, um, and that'll change teams from tanking. Like, I just realized it's not at all because teams teams used to literally sign Matt Bush, and they teams still draft guys who they think are lesser because they'll sign for cheaper. So, like, I don't think that's going to affect any front office. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Labor pod. One time, one time me and Matt Bush and Jeff Allison all were roommates together, and we were – that was a shit show. Go on. That's it. It's this whole story. All right, great. Loved it. Good spot. Thank you to everyone that called in, even if you didn't make the cut. Appreciate it. Thanks to BBD for going through them all. We'll be back next week. Hopefully we have some news after Thursday yes. about uh, Trev will have, oh my God, the tidbits Trev will have. Stay tuned for those. It's going to be magical. If you're watching live on YouTube right now, we'll be uh, flipping this over for John Boy Jake Radio pretty soon. So uh, come hang out there. That's the end. Any last words, Jake? Let's let's get that deal done, fellas. Hell yeah. Hey, the chat was electric today. Shout out the chat. Love the chat. Claps for the chat. <laughs> <laughs>